Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hey, this is Melvin. We're actually on break from the Selling the Couch podcast, but I thought it would be fun just to share some of the most popular episodes as well as some of my most favorite episodes from uh, Selling the Couch. We've had over 200 episodes now, and I know that for me, listening to some of these old episodes, I always pick up something and learn something new. So I hope that you enjoy today's session. Before we do get to today's session, I just wanted you to encourage you to check out the Selling the Couch directory if you haven't had a chance. Uh, Basically, the directory makes it easier for us to connect and support one another as we grow our businesses. So after you register and you sign up, you you create a profile that lets us know more about your practice, the good work that you're doing in the world, uh, the unique niches that you serve, niches beyond just a traditional DSM diagnosis, uh, groups and workshops and retreats and areas of consultation, all of those different things. And after you fill that out, um, it's actually way uh, easier than it sounds, but uh, after you fill it out, your practice gets placed on a Google map. That way, fellow couchies can find you in order to cross-refer clients. If they need a consult on a certain area, they can do that as well. Um, One of the things that we actually have been working on that I'm just like really excited about um, with this recent update is we created a custom cross-refer tool tool. Um, So if you look on any of these online communities, a lot of times you'll see, you know, hey, I'm looking for, you know, a clinician that that lives in this area that accepts this insurance that, you know, works with millennials. And so we thought, why not just make it easy and create a tool to do this? So you basically can run just some filters so you can, you know, ask questions like that. And you click just a a number of different things and you get search results. um, And it makes the process of just cross-referring a lot easier. You can learn more about the directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. And please enter the promo code podcast for your first month absolutely free. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. We'll get right to today's session. Here we go. 
Hello, hello. Welcome to session 212 of Selling the Couch. So I have some good news and some, uh, I guess not good news. This will actually be the last episode of Selling the Couch for 2019. One of the things I've been just mindfully trying to do is take lots of breaks during the course of the year with podcast episodes just so that I stay refreshed and that I can think more about new episodes to create and new content. And that way I focus more on quality versus just quantity. And so this will be the last episode until the new year. We'll be taking a little bit of a break. And this episode today is one that's pretty personal. And it's an episode that I've been wanting to do for a long time, actually. I'm going to get emotional. I can already feel like the the tears welling up, but I've been wanting to do for a long time. And, and this episode is about, is about depression and some of the things that I've been trying and I've been employing in order to combat both depression and anxiety in my life. Depression and anxiety, I haven't explicitly said this, but I think you guys can probably glean from some of the episodes and, and some of the things that I've shared in the Selling the Couch community. But depression and anxiety is something that I've struggled with for most of my life. I'm even, I can remember as early as middle school, I remember like I was taking algebra in eighth grade and I remember just having such extreme anxiety when I would study. And I think now looking back, I I definitely had some OCD tendencies. I remember I would have to have the table kind of the things on the table put in a certain way in order for me to study and things like that. That has gotten like significantly better as I've gotten older. But the uh, especially the depression and sort of the relationship between depression and anxiety is it's manifested a lot more. And to be completely honest, one of the things that I really weighed when I first started selling the couch was I knew that um, especially if the podcast and the blog started to do really well, that I would become more public. And how do I balance that with these feelings of depression, anxiety, and the pressure, and, you know, the inevitable just requests and, and the opportunities that come up, which all of which I'm grateful for. But how do I balance all of that with my own mental health? And so today's session. I really wanted to focus on some of the things that I'm doing. And especially this past year has just been extremely difficult. As you guys, if you've heard past episodes of the podcast, you know, our daughter was born. She's one now and she came about eight weeks early. And so we had, you know, just the whole like before her even coming into the world, we had a pretty like traumatic experience. I was actually getting ready to go to a podcasting conference on a Monday morning and I was brushing my teeth at like five in the morning. And then I heard my wife, Susan, just yell from our bed and I came out and there was just, you know, water all over the floor. And I was like, what in the world happened? And so we rushed to the ER and we ended up having to stay there a couple of days. Then, you know, it was an emergency C-section and then two and a half week NICU stay. And then you know, having a baby that was, she was about three and a half pounds. And so just dealing with, you know, scheduled feeds and and her being so low weight and, you know, the appointments around that, the extra appointments with NICU doctors and with her regular pediatricians. And, and then especially, I think the sleep deprivation this year 
you talk to a lot of parents now and, you know, for some parents, you know, their kids sleep through the night within a couple of weeks. And for us, she actually didn't sleep through the night until about a year. Yeah, just I think right just a little over 12 months. And so the first six months were scheduled feeds. So we had to wake her up every three hours just to make sure she was feeding so that she could continue to grow. And then she would pretty much wake up two times a night and then for several months and then one time a night for several months. And then we had a little bit of a break where she, you know, we did some sleep training and she was sleeping through the night and then she kind of reverted back here more recently. I think she's going through another growth spurt. But so we're trying to navigate all of this. And all the while, you know, I'm trying to build a a sign the couch and focus on private practice. And so before I get too too much deeper into today's podcast conversation, I just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Therapy Notes for just being supporters of this podcast. You know, these episodes, some of them I, I share practical stuff to build our practices. Other times it's more personal like this one. And Therapy Notes has just been with me and has encouraged me to share whatever makes the most sense. And Therapy Notes is actually the EHR that I'm using for my private practice. And one of the things that that really resonated with me is, one, they're a local company, so I have gotten to meet them and go over to their offices and see just the good work they're doing. But uh, the thing that I really liked is they have a, a dedicated customer service, and uh, they're actually available via phone and email seven days a week. So weekdays, as of right now, from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and then weekends from 8 to 4 Eastern Time. So if you ever get stuck or you're just in the middle of having some kind of issues, you can always reach out to them. You can learn more about Therapy Notes over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash therapy notes and go through that link because you actually get a free trial there as well. So getting back to today's episode, what I did was I tried to just break it down into five of the things that I've been doing in order to combat depression and anxiety. By the way, I'm, I'm just noticing as I'm talking, I notice that my energy level is a little bit lower. I think it's because the topic is a little bit heavy. And I wrote some general notes, but I wanted to just be open and honest and let this episode kind of go the way that it's meant to go. And so I I think I'm a little quieter because I sort of feel the heaviness of all of this. So the number one thing that I've been trying to do is, you know, when I first started selling the couch, I think it was, I, I tried to pack as much into my days of doing work, right? I try to do as much work into my days. And as selling the couch has grown and as I, you know, jump back into private practice, I think one of the things that I've been trying to do is I really, every day I schedule time for exercise, for a power nap, for learning and incubation time. So typically I wake up around between 4.45 and 5 in the morning, and then I will do something, I'm kind of like, I say off the clock at 5 p.m. And so I'm not working that whole 12 hours, you know, Actually, what I'm a lot of times in the morning is, you know, getting our daughter ready to take her to grandparents, they can watch her, all those kind of things. But during the day, I'm doing, you know, the majority of the work. And one of the things that I do is out of those 12 hours, pretty much two and a half of those hours is dedicated to some combo of exercise, napping, and learning. So I take about a 25 minute power nap every single day. I try to take seven days a week. I just notice it, it helps my mood. It helps my energy. It helps my creativity. And then the learning and incubation time is something that I've incorporated this year. And what I do is a couple of times a week from pretty much in the afternoon, like from 3 to 5 p.m., unless I have a random meeting or something, 
I'll just use it to learn and and incubate on ideas that I'm thinking about. And then my morning exercise, which you guys, if you look back through some of these past episodes, you'll learn there's an episode on my morning routine and things like that. So I won't go too much into that. But I found that that has been really helpful. The other thing that has been really helpful for me is I try to do this once a month. If I can, I try to do it twice a month, but I do some sort of like local outdoor thing for a few hours in the afternoon on one of the days. So it could be everything from going to like a local farmer's market to getting out and taking some landscape photographs all the way to just taking a nice hike or getting a massage, something just to take care of myself. Now this, you might be listening to this me like, okay, this sounds really basic, but one of the things that I used to do is I used to like work, 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 and then I used to like plan for like a vacation, right? So every like three or four months, I have something to look forward to. And I still do that. But one of the things that I noticed is a lot of times by the time I got to that end of that time, I would just be so drained. And I didn't want to, and I noticed that it really affected my mood. I wanted to try to do something differently, which is why I incorporate it now into my routine. So number two is I limit my time on social media. And this has been something that's been tremendously helpful for me in impacting my mood. So I think a couple of things. One is, you know, I'm naturally more introverted. I'm a INFJ on my Myers-Briggs. I'm also, I think, a HSP. I'm pretty confident I'm an HSP, a highly sensitive person. And I love interacting on social media. I love connecting with folks and just having these authentic conversations and being able to offer tips and asking for feedback and all of those things. But it also drains me. And so one of the things I've just been trying to do is I block out times during the day, usually just one time slot every day where I I just do social media and I don't keep social media on my phone. So, well, that's not completely true. I recently tried Instagram and so it is on my phone. But one of the things I'm actually looking at is I think there's a feature in Instagram where I can block off time where I can't access it until a certain period of time, which I'll probably do that. But things like Facebook, I actually don't put on my phone just because I carry my phone almost everywhere with me and I just don't want to have that readily access to it. And in fact, I even went the extra step. If you have an iPhone, I'm sure you can do this on an Android phone as well, but I actually blocked all of the major social media and all of the major news sites off my phone just because I felt like reading through some of the stuff, I just, I felt like it was really impacting my mood. The other reason I limit my time on social media is that social media is really interesting, right? Because it it gives a slice of each of our lives. And then for people that are looking at our profiles, right, our our posts, anything like that, they, you know, it's very easy for them to think, man, this person has such a great life. And the reason I limit my time is it's to remind me that what people post on social media including me, is just a sliver or a slice of someone's life, right? It's not the whole of someone's life. The number three thing that I do, and this is just more of a productivity practical thing is, is when my mind wants to speed up, I remind myself to slow down. One of the things more recently, especially this year that I've really struggled with this is this anxiety because I realized that you know, I'm not always able, especially if, you know, our daughter gets up once or twice a night, 
I'm exhausted in the morning and I can't, I'm not able to get up always at 5 a.m. to start my morning routine because I'm going on a couple hours of sleep and I realize I need close to eight hours of sleep to, you know, for my own mental health. So I try to prioritize that. But um, the anxiety has come this year because I feel like I'm in a just practically in a time crunch because of my own schedule, because of the baby. And there's just a lot of stuff that I want to do in that short amount of time. And my mind constantly, something I struggle with is my mind is just, if I'm not cautious, it's super critical and it's super hard on myself, right? Like, Mel, you should be, you should have done this and this and this. Why haven't you done that yet? And and I think what I'm slowly learning is that's uh, not very helpful. And then I think I just realized that I, I'm just in a season of life where I can't focus on everything. And then especially with the child, I can't focus to the intensity that I, I could before, at least until maybe she goes to school or something like that. So what I've been doing is I've been focusing on one big project each year, and then I'll do like a smaller project. So for example, this year, my big project has been the Selling the Couch directory. And I think actually the growth of the directory and some of the technical issues that we've had come up with the directory, I think has definitely contributed to my depression, anxiety. And so one of the things I've just been trying to do is, you know what, I block out. If you look at, if you hear session number 203 of Selling the Couch, you'll get a better idea of how I actually structure these days and structure my schedule in order to get this work done. But what I do is I work on my one big project for blocks of time. And I'm trying to just knock things out. So I'm I'm looking at what I have to get done in that moment during that day. But I'm also looking at kind of the big picture of how and what I'm working on in that moment. Is that going to get me to the ultimate goal, which is to have a self-sustaining directory that enables us to be able to connect with one another, cross-refer clients, um, find office space, and all of those different things. And then I also focus just on a smaller task. As you guys probably realize, it's about a little bit dirty when it comes to stuff. So one of the smaller tasks that I've been focusing on is I'm kind of revamping my private practice site right now and learning a lot. And so I, I go in and I and I write copy and I, I kind of like that, you know, writing copy and it, it makes me excited and and all of those things. So that's a, a smaller project that I do, but I, majority of my time what I'm doing is focusing on the STC directory and building that out. The number four thing that I do in order to combat depression and anxiety is I started hiring more. You know, I hired a virtual assistant for a couple of years and she has just been a godsend. Nicole, if you're listening to this, I just, I'm so grateful for you. And I found Nicole, my VA through Laura Reagan, whose podcast is Therapy Chat. Laura's a good friend and uh, she had recommended Nicole. And that's something, if you're looking at a virtual assistant, that's something that I would encourage you to do is to reach out to friends and colleagues that may have a virtual assistant or may be connected and specifically ask them, like, how long have you used them? Don't rely on them just because, oh, it's a family friend, you know, but actually ask them, you know, what have you used them? How long have you used them? What do you like about them? All of those different things. You can also find VAs and things like that on assist you, A-S-S-I-S-T-U.com, which is like a virtual assistant sort of database. And one of the things related to just hiring out a VA that I've done is I started by listing 
every single task that I do for selling the couch and now uh, with private practice that I do for private practice. And so I would break it down to like every little minute task, right? I schedule out an email newsletter. I spend X amount of time on social media. I schedule out monthly Q and A's, whatever it is, right? And then for private practice, you know, I have, you know, I answer phone calls. I submit super bills, whatever it is, right? And then I ask myself, is this the best use of my time? Is this particular task? And then is doing this, is it keeping me from something else that I could be doing that either that can scale better or that just makes me more creatively energetic? And then is, and then the final question I ask myself is, can someone else do this? 80% as well as I can do it. And if the question is, is that the best use of my time? If the question is either I'm I'm kind of like maybe or a no, I'll put a line or I'll highlight that task. And then is doing something, is this keeping me from something else that I could be doing? So what I do is I look at that task and I say, okay, what are my sort of big projects for the year, right? And is that task helping, directly helping with that? And if not, I will definitely think about outsourcing it. And then can someone else do this at 80% of the task? This has been a hard one for me, but I think having a good VA definitely helps. And if someone else can, it frees up a lot of time for you to focus on the things that you're you're good at. And then the final thing that I've been doing to combat my depression and anxiety is, you know, I, I got professional help. I, I have a therapist that I talk to that I that specifically understands sort of the struggle of entrepreneurship and the struggle of someone that's growing as business that's growing and the unique anxieties and depressions that can come out of a as our business and our influence grows. That's also the reason I think for me, just going through this season, I've realized this really is the niche that I want to focus on in private practice. So specifically working with business owners who struggle with depression and anxiety as their business and and as their influence grows. And the other thing that I've done is I've just tried to dive much deeper into my own faith. My Christian faith is something that's super important to me. And as Selling the Couch has grown, honestly, there's been, I've tried to stay grounded in my faith, but it hasn't been something that that has been a high priority as it once was. And so I've tried to just, again, block out just the time where I, you know, I can read some some portion of scripture, read a devotional, something like that, listen to a, a podcast, listen to a sermon, something to kind of dive in. And if you're not Christian, that's okay. If I would just say, um, dive into something that connects you, you know, whether it's meditation, something that connects you with something way bigger than yourself. You know, I think one of the hardest things about entrepreneurship is that it's very easy to focus on us and what we're doing. And one of the things that's been really helpful for me is to take a step back and say, you know, why am I doing this? And what is my bigger purpose? And I think that's just sort of grounded me. So again, just to review, here are the five things that I've been doing. So again, I schedule exercise, napping, and learning slash incubation time into my day. Number two, I limit the time on social media. Number three is when my mind wants to speed up, I remind myself to slow down. And then number four, I hired a virtual assistant and other team members. And then number five, I got my own therapy and I dove deeper into my faith. So I know that this episode is over, but this is a conversation I genuinely want to continue because I feel like, especially 
for us as private practitioners, we look at, we see a lot of our successes and we tend to post more about our successes, right? But we don't talk about the struggles that we have as much about the struggles that we have in the day to day. And so if you are part of the Selling the Couch community, if you're not, we're going to have a great discussion that's connected to this podcast there just about some of the ways that you are combating depression and anxiety for yourself as you build your business. Um, If you're not part of the community, it's absolutely free to join. You can join us over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash community. As we wrap up, again, I just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Therapy Notes for supporting today's podcast session. Therapy Notes is electronic health records. And especially if you're in a season where you're like, man, I, I really just want to get everything digital. That's a season that I'm in because I realize just sort of the efficiency and the practicality and the, the security element of having everything encrypted. Um, I encourage you to check out Therapy Notes. There again, the EHR that I'm using for my private practice. And you can learn more about Therapy Notes over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash therapy notes. And be sure again to go to that link as there's a discount code there for us. So we wrap up. I just wanted to say thank you for tuning in to these episodes. I can't believe we're at episode 212. I imagine we're not quite there yet. Here, somewhere between the end of this episode and early next year, we will cross 1 million downloads of the podcast, which is uh, it's just amazing. And I'm just, I think, more than anything, I'm just so humbled <laughs> you guys would take the time to even listen to these episodes. You know, I, I still record this from a home office using the same mic that I did in 2015. And it's just been wonderful to see see the growth and the sweet notes that you guys have sent and the, yeah, just it encourages me to, to keep going on and continue to produce these episodes. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. And continue to make selling the couch and everything that I create. Just my hope is as just a service for our field. So I'm grateful for you and I will see you in the new year. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. Hey there, hope you enjoyed today's podcast session. And especially if this is your second time listening to this podcast session, I hope that you've picked up just a, a new level of insight and something that helps you on your private practice journey. As I mentioned at the beginning, I will be back with new episodes very soon. And before we wrap up again, just wanted to encourage you to check out the Selling the Couch directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. 
Um, I actually wanted to use this time just to talk a little bit more about not just the director, but what we're doing and what my big vision for STC is. You know, as Selling the Couch grows, uh, what really weighs on me is how do we use um, our influence and how do we use the resources? And for me, how do I steward well um, all of what I'm creating? And so we're actually taking 50% of the profits from directory sales to create a scholarship fund for kids who have been rescued from brothels in the commercial sex trade. Um, When I was a grad student, I um, was very fortunate to work three weeks in Bombay, India with a NGO and with social workers in Kamatipura, which is the largest concentrated red light district in the world. Um, It's the largest red light district in Asia. And uh, I spent three weeks there, um, spent uh, a day right in the heart of the the red light district, um, going into brothels, with um, with with the social workers, um, doing lots of education on everything from HIV/AIDS, um, all the way to uh, trying to figure out what what some of these workers, the challenges they were facing, and I spent the majority of my time, about five hours away, um, helping at a school where the kids of these workers um, were were, and uh, just to teaching different classes, uh, getting to spend time with them, reading bedtime stories to the little ones. And f- uh, ever since all of that happened, I just have always felt like, man, if I ever get the chance to do some big things in the world, I want to make sure that uh, everything I create uh, leads to something way bigger than me. And so, um, and fortunately, Selling the Couch happened, and now the STC directory is happening. And so this is where... Uh, I'm hoping that, you know, we can dedicate our time and our resources, and I really have some big plans as we go forward with this. Again, you can learn more about the Selling the Couch directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. Be sure to enter the promo code podcast to get your first month absolute. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.